1: We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our 8 kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible.
0: We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following. Hi everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Isaac Tolpin here. I am solo today. Angie is in postpartum. Thank you for your prayers. Continued prayers. Baby Xander and Angie are doing well, but it was challenging for a couple weeks because his weight wasn't going upward for a while. It was going backwards. Now isn't on the upward trend and healthy. And so we appreciate your prayers. Angie will be back in good time. I'm sure you miss her. I miss her. It's way harder to do this without her. Plus, she's so good. It's so fun to talk with her. Do you realize when you go solo, any pauses, you have to fill the gaps and you can't think about what you're going to say next when someone else is talking. It is quite a bit harder, but that's okay. I'm ready for a challenge always and we're going to dive in and I think this will be really practical, really applicable no matter what age your kids are, no matter if you are the dad or the wife, it's great for both. We need to have emotional resilience More than ever in the definition of resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. You had the word emotional on there. It's adapting quickly to relational challenges, stresses, and so forth and dealing with our own inner talking and emotions. And God has lots of answers for this. So we're going to dive into it. In fact, when you're a Christian, you have such a amazing advantage in having emotional resilience. Even non-believing blogs out there, I was reading a couple just preparing for this and thinking through this, is they even believe a spiritual life is helpful for emotional resilience, but we have the one and true God on our side and guiding us in this. So Now, you will never lead forward what you haven't lived out. Just remember that. You will never lead forward what you haven't lived out, okay? Now, before we dive in, there is a shift in the world away from requiring resilience and requiring resourcefulness and an attempt to take away challenge from people's lives. Now, I don't think there should be purposeful challenge in people's lives. I think government has its place. I believe in government. It's important. But this shift towards socialism, this desire that's out there that's so naive towards socialism, in part, comes from a belief, a utopian belief, that we can help more people. And part of helping more people actually is a belief that they don't need to be resilient on their own. It's a move away from capitalism where people need to be resilient, resourceful, and productive in their contribution. Now, policies should encourage resolve, resilience, and productive contribution versus government reliance. That's my belief. It's good to look at the trends. What are your kids going to be launching into? That's one of the trends. We'll see if it's here to stay or not. I hope not. But regardless, we know the truth from history is that actual policies like socialism create even a greater need for resilience, the opposite of what the creators are pushing forward want it to do. Happens, it's upside down because it creates more challenge for everyone, actually, and a requirement for more resilience. Okay. So, my first point for you guys is what are you preparing your kids for? What are you preparing your kids for? What, how old are your kids now? And how many years until they launch into the world outside of your home? Think about that number, and it's different, right? I just had a baby, and we're launching. We're doing both. It's kind of wild. Uh, We're launching a couple kids here uh, in the midst of it, and we have three kids under five. It is an awesome life. It is a busy life. It takes resilience. It takes emotional resilience with 11 people in our home, all those voices and all those conversations. It takes resilience, okay? So what are you preparing your kids for? Just think about it. Well, if trends hold true, it looks like it's going to be a less free world, less personal freedoms. It's going to be a less safe world there's going to be limited access potentially especially if you're a christian to things if you uh refuse certain things there's stronger fellowship here's a positive i actually believe the trend towards stronger fellowship of believers is going to be happening it's going to be even stronger evil is good that's the trend evil is good Everything is accepted. Every sin possible is accepted. We're seeing the rapid movement towards that. We're seeing hatred towards Christianity. Not even a willingness in the public schools to talk about Christianity, but we'll talk about every other religion. So hatred towards Christianity, actually. Not just don't like it, but hatred. We're seeing that, and the trend will be increased. In fact, Paul lived out the hatred on Christianity And proclaiming the gospel he's a great example for us a volatile economy right so those are the trends we're looking at this isn't to be a downer today I have no fear because I think those things are gonna get worse and these things are happening no there is no fear at all because we have God and your kids were supposed to be in this generation God had a plan for your kids and their plan was to be born when they were born and in your family for such a time as this. So be encouraged by that, but you have a responsibility, we have a responsibility to equip and raise our kids to launch as confident Christian kids in an uncertain world to stand for truth, share the gospel, and thrive in leading, protecting, and providing for their families, okay? So your challenges, think about all your challenges you've experienced, and I don't want to minimize them. Some of you have experienced just incredibly challenging things we've heard some of your stories and so I'm not minimizing that if you have some really incredibly challenging thing that's happened to you we've had some pretty incredible challenging things happen to us but in perspective it might be true that your challenges might be small compared to what your kids are facing in the future or different and so we have to be thinking about that what are you preparing them for what are you preparing your kids for All right, that is really, really important. So when your kids get squeezed, pressured, someone trying to force them to do something morally wrong or to limit their freedom or whatever the case may be, when they're squeezed, think of them like an orange. Your kids is a beautiful basket of oranges. And as they launch into the world, the pressure against them are gonna be increased And when they're squeezed, what is going to come out? The truth, righteousness, protecting other people, selflessness, godliness, you know, what is going to come out? Or is self-preservation going to come out? Is turn a blind eye to go along and get along? You know, what's going to come out when they're squeezed in their future? Something I think about sometimes with my kids, And remember, spiritual growth lies at the end of your own strength. So we're not talking about in this episode, how can we make our kids stronger in their own strength? That would be foolish. I think too often parents do that. They teach their kids how to be stronger in their own strength, where I would rather teach them to be stronger by relying on God's strength through them. I think there is a big difference in that. You do want to teach them to be strong and get up and to handle adversity, but we want to do it not by telling them they can do it on their own, but telling them you can do it even better through God's strength, right? Now, we're going to go into my other two points in a second. But first, I want to thank you for being part of the One Million Legacies movement. We so appreciate it. CourageousParenting.com. All the show notes are there. Uh, lots of free resources. There's a free Healthy Home Hacks mom workshop. There's a free courageous parenting workshop and then also let you into the dashboard to see what the parenting mentor program looks like at the very end of it if you're interested in that you can also get on our email list I encourage you to do so who knows how long social media will be allowed to be there and uh, donations are appreciated so encouraging and when you buy products it helps us do this full-time and pour into the ministry so we really appreciate that. Check out the Parenting Mentor Program at CourageousParenting.com. You can also look at the Homeschool Blueprint. It will help you no matter what stage of homeschooling you're in, whether just getting started or seasoned. It has chock full of resources that you can look for. And regardless of how you homeschool, it's not a exactly how to homeschool, it's how to look at your homeschooling and educates you on the different ways of homeschooling educates you on how to augment and add things depending on age and just really, really powerful. We also have the post-Christian postpartum course too and Redeeming Childbirth book. You can go to CourageousMom.com for some of those things too. Okay, so God wants you to have it is my point. This is the second point here. Have what? He wants you to have emotional resilience. He wants you to have it. We're going to look at Philippians 4. By the way, Philippians 4 is a great section of Scripture to memorize as a family. It's a great section of Scripture to revisit when you're teaching your kids the Word and going through it together. In fact, this morning, what made me think of this, and probably prompted this whole episode, actually, is I was reading Philippians 4 to my family this morning. It's not the first time. It's probably like the third or fourth time I've read this Scripture to my family. It is so good. And we're going to start down at uh, Philippians 4 four, rejoice in the Lord always. Let's stop there. Okay. Rejoice in the Lord. When? Always. Despite circumstance, despite what's happening, rejoice in the Lord. God is good always. Again, I will say rejoice. I think he had some emphasis on that because he said it again. He want to make sure people are listening. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand, meaning there's no time to spare, parents. There's no time to spare, folks. God's coming back, and we have to fulfill our mission, which is sharing the gospel, people knowing it. And how do we best share the gospel? By people seeing something different in our lives, seeing something different in your kids' lives. The Lord is at hand. And in 4, six it says, Do not be anxious about anything. So, what are we allowed to be anxious about? Nothing! If you're reading along here or you're driving and listening, don't read along. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. What are we allowed to be anxious about? Nothing! Oh man, have you ever been anxious? You're human. Of course you have, we've all been anxious. You've probably been anxious several times, many times in the last couple of years. It's been a lot of change in the world, but you know what? We need to accept this as irrefutable truth. It's the word of God. And the person that wrote Philippians is Paul. And he wrote it while being chained in prison. This guy is not living an easy life. In fact, I'm gonna flip back to Philippians 1.12. I want you to know brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. So here he is, energetic. His church that he helped plant is wondering what happened to him. They hadn't been in touch with him, and he writes them this letter, and it's uh, they're so rejoiced, I'm sure, to hear from him. And he's letting him know this has advanced the gospel. This has been a good thing. And this says in 13, Philippians 1, 13, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard. When I was studying this, that's over 10 thousand soldiers so that's a lot of people that know about paul and know what paul believes it doesn't mean all of them came to know the lord but a lot did and god was moving his ministry expanded when he went to prison wild and to all the rest that the imprisonment is for christ and most of the brothers having become confident in the lord by my imprisonment are much more bold to speak the word without fear so what was the point They're bold to speak the word without fear. So Christians were encouraged because they're seeing Paul in the worst of circumstances. And so if Paul is boldly preaching when he could lose his life any day for it, and he's in prison, how much more in the comfort of my life being back home, even though there's pressures against me to speak boldly the word without fear. And then all the non-believers that heard about God, and how the advancement of the gospel happened. This is Paul, that's who was writing this other part in Philippians 4, which is saying, Rejoice in the Lord always. I hope this is convicting for you. It's always convicting for me. Do I grumble sometimes? Do I have anxiety sometimes? Sure, but we're to have emotional resilience. We're the most advantageous to have it because we have the Holy Spirit, we have God, and we have the Bible telling us so, and we know it's truth. We know it's truth not to have anxiety. The Lord is a hand. So I'm back in Philippians 4 again. The Lord is a hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. So prayer is an equation here. In everything by prayer and supplication. Earnestly desiring your communication with God. Being in communication with God. Earnestly desiring the things you're praying about to happen. Like in James it says, praying with faith and no doubt right? I paraphrase that, but without doubting, super important is with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So we're to pray in supplication, earnestly desiring what we're praying about and thanksgiving, thankful for who God is, reverent for your mighty God that loves you. So prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You're to let, you're to make them known to God. And how do you make them known to God? You pray, you speak words to him. And are you limiting that? Do you have this weird belief that God's too busy for your small little problems? He's never too busy for you. He loves you as much as he loves anybody else. Do your kids have a mixed up belief about that? Have you taught them this? Wow, things are a big deal when you're young. Bigger deal than we think because our capacity is grown. Because you can experience more life. You're naturally more resilient. Your kids need to hear this. They need to understand that they need to actually talk to God and how to do it. And then it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true. It's telling us what to focus on here. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Wow. What do you think about? What do you meditate on? The evil things happening in the world because you're so absorbed in the news. It's important to understand what's going on, but we don't want to meditate on the news, okay? Are we so absorbed with our problems and our challenges that we are not focused on these things that God tells us that Paul wrote in here for us to focus on? So whatever is true. So what's true? This is what I do. I reflect on these things when I'm dealing with a challenger and my anxiety just disappears. You can't be anxious and be resilient. God knows that and he knows it's important for you to be resilient. And great resiliency can look like joy too. Your joy and peace comes out. They come out the most when you're dealing with challenging situations. This is a parenting podcast, but why am I talking to you? because your, your kids need to see it modeled, even from a young age. They need to see it relationally. Then you see your emotional intelligence, your, sorry, emotional resilience when you're handling them. Two-year-olds are the least emotionally resilient people that probably exist. And I hate to put an age on it because it's not always true, but young. The Bible says young kids are foolish. So we have to understand that. We are the ones that have the emotional resilience. It's like, We want our kids to have self-control, but every day we lose self-control in front of them. We yell, we get angry. We want them to be self-controlled and they have way less emotional resilience than you do naturally and you need more probably. Well, I'm telling you where it comes from. It comes from God and you can teach that to your kids too. Even when you're correcting them and you're talking to them about what they did wrong, you could take them to the scripture. Let's focus on whatever's true. Let's not be anxious about anything. Let's say they're having a problem sharing. That's anxiety. Let's not be anxious about anything, but in everything, prayer and supplication, let's pray together with your kids and let's show praying earnestly. That's convicting to me. I do that sometimes. and Sometimes I just mail, do a mail-it-in prayer. God still hears it, but it's not in supplication. And sometimes I'm so quick, it's not even in thanksgiving for who God is. It's just a request. So that's convicting for me. Top my prayer life. I don't know about you guys. Hope you're with me on that. But Philippians 4 is so powerful. See, God wants you to have emotional resilience. It's a gospel perspective versus a me perspective. When we have a me perspective, when your kids have a me perspective, then the selfishness permeates. It's a focus on self. The most miserable people in the world are people always thinking about themselves. And we need to have a gospel focus, just like Paul. He had the worst of circumstances, and he had a gospel focus. He had a relational focus towards other people for the purpose of they would know the Lord. That is super important. How about principled versus feelings? We need to be more principled about things versus getting caught up in our feelings. Now, feelings are real, but when you're having a relational strife, maybe with your kids or your spouse, We need to realize that some of our feelings are false. Some of them are amplified and shouldn't be. We need to hold our thoughts captive as it says in 2 Corinthians, right? We need to not let our feelings, our emotions, grow so strong that we say things we don't mean and we exaggerate and we fly off the handle. We need to be more principled about it. So when somebody is doing something that bothers you and you're heating up inside, You need to pray silently as you're listening to them. Can you do both? Yeah, I think you can. A quick prayer. God help me. God help me to have emotional resilience and listen to somebody without the false listening of the narrative getting twisted because you're emotionally getting out of control in your mind. You need to hold your thoughts captive. How many times would that help you with your young kids? Super, super important. How about Holy Spirit versus your own strength? Are you relying on your own strength for emotional resilience? Don't teach your kids to rely on their own strength for emotional resilience. Let's lean on God to do that. How about empathy versus taking it personally? It's easier to have empathy for somebody when we're tapped into the Holy Spirit and we understand maybe the person in front of us, our four-year-old, doesn't have as much emotional resilience and experience in life and we can have some empathy for why they're behaving so strangely and disrespectfully and so forth. You never allow it to continue, but you can have some empathy for it so you don't take it so personally. It's not a personal attack against you. You can literally listen and then have a more godly response in a self-controlled way. Empathy versus taking it personally. You start doing this with your kids, it's not, the, not so much the method of how you correct somebody, practically it's more your approach in it right we want to focus on the heart of the issue with our kids anyways so important to do that okay psalm 55 22 that's the other thing that takes a little longer when it's solo so thanks for your patience with me but 55 22 says cast your burden on the lord and he will sustain you he will never permit the righteous to be moved so cast your burdens on the Lord. He will sustain you. We don't need to have anxiety, but maybe we're not casting our burdens often enough on the Lord. So then we're in our own strength trying to do it. And then we have anxiety, which causes us to be ungodly in relationships verbally to people we care most about. We need to have emotional resilience. You need to model for your kids because they're launching into a different world.
1: Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving, or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations, or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's, let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor. And yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation.
0: And in your parenting, if you're doing that, it makes your parenting better, grows a stronger relationship with your kids, but you're also modeling it. You need to teach this to your kids too to have emotional resilience. So how do you teach this to your kids? Well, some practical examples are that destroy resilience in your kids or giving them too soft of a cushion when they fall, making things too easy for them, not letting them learn their lessons. It's hard, but important. Not just giving them the answer, but letting them wrestle with it sometimes and come up with it and being there to communicate with them, but saying, I have a thought on that, but I'd love to hear your answer. Teaching them how to think. Go to the podcast on teaching Your kids had to be critical thinkers. I think the title's a little different, but it's about critical thinking. You need to help them be resilient. Teaching your kids vocabulary, using their words versus emotional outbursts, so important for emotional resilience. The more words we know how to say, the more we can articulate ourselves, and the more people understand us, and the less we break out in emotional chaos and emotional ungodliness. Okay, super, super important stuff to think about. And in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, and this will take us into our next point, which is seeing beyond your plans. So Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. So what are your plans? Even on the day, small plans. We're going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to get this done at work or, you know, we got to get this done around the house on a Saturday. What are your plans? See, I think a lot of parents fail in their plan making at the onset and they don't understand that things change often. I understood that a long time ago because we have nine kids now. I have certain kids that really want to know the plan for the day or the week or what's happening on Saturday or whatever it is more than others because they're more wired that way. They like plans. So I have to give some plans. But I'm really careful. Here's a super important tip to help you with your emotional resilience and help your kids around plans because plans usually fail. This is just a thing. Maybe that's the business side of me to know that. But in business, most business plans aren't followed to the T because you veer, you adjust, uh, obstacle hits and you you adjust. Same with parenting, same with family dynamics, the calendar and so forth. You have to hold your plans loosely. You have to hold them loosely. Maybe God has a different plan than your plan. Maybe you made your plan hastily or there's changing circumstances and God wants to teach someone a lesson so he's not going to let your plans work out. You have to hold your plans loosely. So when kids want to know a plan, I'll tell them a plan, but I don't say it's definitively going to happen. I say we may do this Lord willing, but certain things will have to happen for us to be able to do that. Sure, on the RV trip, we may go here, Lord willing. And then they're praying for it. It reminds me of Luke's desire on his birthday to have lobster in Maine. And we were doing our three month RV trip. Talk about planning and most plans not working out according to plan, right? But you know what was interesting about that trip is we really left it up to the Lord, and Lord willing, we'll do that. And without much planning, at all actually, in this part of the trip, we landed in Maine, Portland, Maine, on his birthday and went to this famous lobster shack right on the coast. It was incredible. and we're, we're, we're marveling in God. Luke was too. We're, Angie and I and Luke are out for his birthday, and the rest are back at the RV, and we're, we're marveling. That God's goodness, that desire of his heart that he's been praying for was able to happen not because we made a stringent plan to make sure that happened, but because God was so good that he made it so that happened. I'd rather God get the glory than my expert planning abilities. It's so cool when you hold plans loosely and you pray and your kids pray. Are they relying on you for things to happen or are they relying on God to provide those things for them well, if they're relying on you when it happens they're not going to be praising God when they're relying on you and it doesn't happen it's going to give them and you anxiety it's going to create remos- emotional tears it's going to be challenging right so you need to have part of having resilience is not over promising and under delivering the more kids I have the less promises I make I've just learned I make very few promises, but when I do promise, we do it. We do it. I make sure I can do it, okay? So keep perspective. See beyond your plans. This is the point. Keep perspective. When your plans aren't working out, even for the day, are you missing the bigger picture? Are you missing the the bigger perspective? What is God doing? That's the key question. What's God doing here? What's God doing with this? What's God doing in my heart? What's he teaching me? What's he teaching my kids? What's he teaching me in my work and how I'm providing? And I wish I could understand these things better when I was younger. But I hope, regardless of your age, you yield to these principles, these godly ideas. See, God wants us to have emotional resilience because it makes him look good when his people are anxious what does it look like they're trusting? Not an all-powerful God, but when challenging things are happening to them, and they're at peace, and they're joyous, they don't have anxiety, and they're trusting God, they're like, can I have some of that? I want some of that. Wow, your family's so easy to be around. We love being here. Your kids are so well-behaved. Wow, you take your family out to eat. We haven't gone out as a family of 11 yet, but Ten, a lot lot of times going out to eat. Love going out to eat with my family. and it's always the older ladies that come up afterwards. I'm sure you experience this too. Your kids are so well behaved. Wow, that's so cool. We need to have emotional resilience. Remember, you're launching your kids into a future world that's totally different. They need to be resilient. Ability to adapt to change quickly. Which of your kids are slow to adapt to change? If the plan doesn't work out, they get upset. That's your chance to teach them and talk to them and pray together. Maybe it's you when your plans, when change, you're resistant to change. Well, let's face it. Things are changing faster than ever before, and they're going to continue to change even faster. The speed of change is so magnified. Every year we move forward to the day of the Lord, the speed of change is going to be amplified. And so if you're resistant to change and you always want your plans to work out, You're going to be consistently frustrated. And your family culture, your family dynamics are not going to be as good because you're a leader in your family. Your leadership is needed. Your emotional resilience is needed. So I hope this was helpful. Let us know. And please share it if you loved it. Take care.
1: Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting.
0: This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone.
1: If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.